And now, an Envision Financial podcast with Luke Smith on Canberra's 2CC. Yeah, Friday comes around quickly, doesn't it? But you know it's a Friday when it's time to talk finances with Luke That's Smith it. from Envision Financial. Every Friday gets around a little bit quicker than the last. Mate, every other day's Friday at the moment. I feel like I'm in here five days a week. <laughs> well, it's been a bit strange this week because it's a four-day week this week. Mm. So, uh, And I know that you work flat out all the time anyway, so you wouldn't have even noticed it was a four-day week. No, but... well, you, you just got to get five days in four days now. <laughs> but, yeah, well, for me, when it's a four-day week, it seems longer than usual for some reason. I don't know why that is. It's some sort of psychological effect. Before we get started today, obviously the federal government passed this reform legislation yesterday with the help of some crossbenchers, and they made a few little tweaks. The big thing that a lot of people were worried about giving the federal treasurer power to overturn decisions on investments, that was left out. So that's mm. been ditched. So that cool. has not happened. Um, what has happened is the stapling and yep. what has happened is performance testing for some funds, but not for all funds and a couple of other mm. little minor details. But look, on balance, does it really make much difference to your regular everyday super fund member? No, not really. And I think what need, people need to keep in mind is don't get caught up in the hype and the, the, the language that's getting used like the stapling. You know, it's it's one of those things that's implying, hang on, you've been stapled to your fund. It's your new bestie and this is what's going to happen going forwards when actual fact it's not, it's not a case at all um, and it's going to be really about saying, there's just a fund that will move with you if you change employers, especially for younger people, because yeah. it's not something that they're you know overly um, interested in without making a broad generalisation. Um, but it is something that will be handy to reduce the number of funds that are automatically opened yeah. through new employment. So those sorts of things are good. But just keep in mind that if you want to change funds, you can change funds. If you want to move funds under the super choice legislation, you can still do so. They haven't taken away your right to do that. They haven't taken away any of those issues. It's just the language that's been used, I think, has automatically jumped to a little bit of confusion around yeah. people being locked in, and it's it's actually not the case. Indeed. And, of course, the idea is to try to reduce the number of funds that people might accumulate by going from one job to another job to another job mm. and opening up a new super account mm. every time they get a new job, yep. which has happened. So oh, Oh, for sure. And that means you're paying yeah. more fees and you've got yep. you know, assets that are scattered around different places. And yeah. if we can avoid that, that's a good thing. Yeah, and I, and I agree. I think the, the, the keeping things simple for people and eliminating all of those points you've made is really good because there's nothing worse than sitting down and someone saying, oh, look, I might have seven or eight of these things. Well, you know, if we can limit that, yeah. great. And it's just a little bit more efficient and it's easier for people to keep track of a couple of different funds. And there's nothing wrong with having a couple of different funds strategically there may be key reasons why you do that yeah um and that's fine but yeah to eliminate all the the the, the wish wash around you exactly know, just well, in case. All, all this talk of stapling though i think that mm. might have been a little bit misleading because people are not manacled to their fund they Correct. can change their fund anytime they want that's right and they've also just approved as i understand um the carry forward rules for people under the age of 67 so they're able to now make a $300,000 contribution where in the past if you were over 65 you could only make the $100,000 limit now people under the age of 67 will be able to use as I understand it the the bring forward rules and drop in some bigger numbers so if you combine something like a downsizer 
as well as the non-concessional threshold, people will be able to get in around $630,000 to super, which can be really advantageous as they move towards retirement. Fantastic. Now to today's topic, what could I possibly prepay before June? Now, Hmm. yes, the end of June is upon us next week. Mm -hmm. Uh, No, the week after next, I Mm -hmm. should say. Uh, Less than a fortnight now. Uh, And, of course, that means tax time, as usual. And everybody's scrabbling for tax deductions. Uh, This is what it's about, basically, isn't it? about getting a tax deduction this year for an expense that might have otherwise been incurred next year, but instead you pay it early. Yeah, and I guess we're just bringing to people's attention the fact that if you know you're going to have certain things that are going to be incurred over 12 months, maybe approach your accountant or your trusted advisor or the provider of that particular thing and, and find out if you can actually prepay because you may have had a massive year contracting. You may have had, you know, some COVID money this one had never happened, but let's say you were entitled to COVID money and your business was back up and fully operational while you were still getting the COVID money for months and months and months. You know, so your numbers this year could look amazing. You may want to consider bringing forward some deductions to try and offset that additional taxable income that you would have received as part of the, the stimulus packages that the government have thrown out. Now, I guess there are some things that you can easily bring forward and pay early and other things might be a bit more tricky. But the first time I ever heard of this kind of strategy was uh, when it was put to me in relation to a car lease. If it was a business expense, you could actually pay the entire year's lease payments before the end of the financial year in advance, get the tax deduction this year. And that's uh, exactly, and that's, that's where you want to be speaking to your, you know, your tax accountant and your trusted advisor because they're proactively trying to work on helping you as a business owner especially. For all the business owners out there trying to work on managing cash flow and managing profit and managing expenses and turnover and all these other things and prepaying these sorts of things is very important because um, gearing loans, so if you've borrowed money to buy investments and that interest is tax deductible, you could consider prepaying the interest cost of that. So things against home loans, if the bank will let you do it, um, where things aren't fixed, keep that in mind. Um, Also, um, margin lending facility. So if you've got a margin loan where uh, a third party provider has given you a a, a liability, those interest rates are generally a lot higher than a home loan rate. Yes. Margin lending rates at the moment could be, you know, five and a half. Um, whereas home loan rates could be three to three, say 3.2 interest only. Um, so you may want to think about prepaying that interest this year and claiming that tax deduction and doing it on an annual basis so that the income that you receive next year from your dividends, you could use not so much to offset the interest cost, but to be able to then fund lifestyle, other investment opportunities, super contributions and other things. So have a think about why you're going to do it other than just getting the deduction because there may be other strategic considerations that you haven't thought about that you may be able to take advantage of over the next 12 months. Okay. If you've got like a a lease instalment plan or something like that, it's pretty easy to understand the idea of bringing it forward and paying it all up front. Mm. And that way you've got the payment made before the 30th of June. What about other uh, things that are not regular payments, for example, but maybe you've got some uh, bills that have come in, they're due to be paid in July, but if you choose to pay them in June, does that count? Yeah, and again, it's 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 about making sure that there aren't any tax legislation that 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 are going to impact that. Obviously, I'm not an accountant, and I'd go to my accountant and say, "Hey, I'm thinking about doing this." But from a business perspective, if you know that you're going to have to buy new computers, new desks, new this, new that, upgrade software, and whatnot, thinking about it at this time of year is very advantageous. 
Well, that's why Officeworks always has their end of financial year sale and everybody rushes in there before the 30th yeah. of June to buy as much printer ink as they can. Yeah, and look, and, and, and this is where, you know, your mums and dads can take advantage of this too because a lot of people have fixed costs. Another one that they may want to think about is also uh, income protection. Some people pay income protection monthly, some people pay it annually. Um, given that we're this close to the end of the financial year, thinking about prepaying the next 12 months whilst you may make the payment with, you know, two weeks to go, you can claim 100% of the cost in this financial year, which may help free up cash flow next year. Um, so it's it's just about thinking, is it right for me? Am I getting some good value from the commitment of the cash flow? And does it help me from a tax standpoint? Because you, you don't have to race out and do this and go willy-nilly, you know, paying for everything because ultimately you may have that same expense next year. It may not be a short-term thing, but if you want to maximise your deductions and let's say you were planning on retiring in December, yeah, this may be your last full financial year of wages. So you may want to maximise the deductions because you know that your plan might be to retire in December where you've only had six months of wages. So that may dilute the benefit of bringing forward the deduction in that year. So why not do it this year? So just think about what's going to happen over the next 12 months. You might sell your business. You know, you might be doing a range of other things outside of the 30 June deadline, but loop it back around and just think, well, is there a benefit there for me if I do something now, if I know I'm going to incur that expense in July, August, September, potentially, you know, check your numbers, check your cash flow, make sure you've taken into account some upcoming costs and outgoings. Don't leave yourself short, um, but offset accounts and things like that are really useful at this time of year because you can use them to make your super contributions. Think about your um, carry forward concessions. So we know that 25,000 is the most you can put in any one year, but that difference between 25 and what your employer has put in, you can put in yourself and claim that as a tax deduction at 100%, but also then go back to the 18-19 financial year and the 19-20 financial year. If your super's under $500,000, you may be able to put in a significant amount of money this year and have a really good income deduction taken into account that you may plan on retiring in September. It may have less value in September. So think about doing that now. So paying a lot of money into super before June within the legislative uh, parameters that are there can be very advantageous um, where you have some cash sitting around because you want to be weighing up. I've got very little getting earned in the bank. What else could I be using that for at my marginal tax rate? to get a benefit that could put me in a better position over the next six to 12 months. This might seem like a silly question, but what if the uh, opposite situation applies? You've had a really bad year, you don't have a lot of excess cash, but you expect to do better next year, next financial year. So uh, is it possible then to think about delaying payments until next year? Spot on. So again, it's about it's about understanding where you're at cash flow wise and, and tax wise from a business standpoint, what's happening with your business? Is it is it pumping off the back of COVID? Are you finding finding it tough, have you got some contracts that start later in the year, then this is where you want to be talking to your accountant. They need You need to be working with somebody that's proactive because a lot of the accountants that we deal with, they were talking about this with clients you know, two, three months ago, getting ready for it to happen so that it isn't panic stations. People can make an informed decision. They can manage their budgets and their cash flow and their earnings and they know exactly what they're going to do. And if it, if it pays to delay it, then delay it. You know, I was, I was driving back from Sydney today and I was on the phone with a client of mine talking about, well, do we sell two houses this year or 
maybe one this year, one next year, and the pros and cons of doing both because you want to be able to make an informed decision to maximise the rate of return. And some of the things we were weighing up on that call were, well, do I have concessional cap space? How much could I put in as a deduction? What's my broader capital gains tax position? What's it going to look like next year? Do we do one this year? Do we do both? Do we do two next year? And we sort of mulled around what his broader planning was in relation to how he was going to maintain his assets. So this is really just about raising that thought with people whilst we're getting closer to 30 June. Oh, we're getting very close. I'd rather people be thinking about it now and have well, time to plan than talk about this on the 28th. Well, this is going to be my next question because today is the 18th, so it's 12 days to go. Yeah. That's calendar days, not business days. Correct. So by the time you and I talk again next Friday, it's mm. pretty much going to be too late to be strategizing. So yeah. have you got any more <laughs> advice that people need to know today before the end of the financial year? Well, I guess the biggest the biggest thing they can do is 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 you know get onto it. Yes. You know, don't don't think oh she'll be right. You know, I'll open a super fund on the twenty fifth and I'll throw some contributions in, or I'll think about selling an asset. What if you can't sell it? What if it's not liquid? What if you haven't got a brokerage account set up? What if you need to transfer it? What if you need to get permission from a third party? What if the person that owns it isn't around to sign the form? Like really simple things that you may not realise that, you know, Jenny's nicked off down the coast and she is a joint owner and needs to sell the paperwork. She needs to sign it, sorry, but she's not around and, oh, hang on, we're doing a day trip to, you know. So if you're early, you're never late, right? So think about that and keep that in mind because – I find people come in really frustrated that everybody's busy. I get that. Everybody's busy. And people are committed to what they do and they've got lives and kids and families and everything's going on to then turn around at the last minute and try and think about this strategically. I appreciate that's really difficult. But the sooner you start thinking about it, the more time you have to make controlled decisions in a controlled manner. Because I don't like anybody doing things last minute under duress, off the cuff, without thinking potentially about the broader implications or realising that they could have actually benefited by pushing it into next year because people around the water cooler can hype things up and just because someone at work's doing it doesn't necessarily mean that you need to. But all we're trying to say here today is have a think about it, be across it, try and be proactive and get your trusted advisor involved. So if you have... You know, an accountant, get on the phone, get in to see them. You're probably cutting it too late, but it is what it is and, yep. and you try and make the most of the, the days that are running out. And that's why we've been talking about these issues for the yeah. last several weeks, of course. Correct, we've, we've that's right. We've tried just tried to give people, you know, even if their ears just prick up, you know, driving in the rain, ooh, tax deductions. Mm-hmm. Right, I better go home and talk to my partner about that and see what we're going to do. If, if you do that over 13 wines, you'll probably come with to a very good outcome. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way of going about it. The deduction will get bigger and bigger. Indeed. (laughs) We're talking about making payments before the end of the financial year to try and maximise the tax benefits. And uh, I guess the important question is, what are the key strategy points to remember? Yeah, so again, get in early. You know, know what you're going to do. Get some advice. Understand your decisions and and, and pull the trigger on them sooner rather than later because you only need the internet to go down one day and you think (laughs) something's... Uh, yesterday, we had all the banks go out, minus one, uh, three of the four major banks and plus some of the more smaller banks as well, all offline thanks to some internet company in the United States mm. having a bit of bad code. Well, and uh, here, guess what? Thursday afternoon, payday for just about everybody. 
Yeah, we were out this morning in Phillips, so yeah, it uh, wasn't as important as the banks, but yeah, mm. annoys Barb nonetheless, and nobody needs to annoy Barb leading into 30 June. Exactly. Um, so bring forward what you can. Consider your, your, your costs that are coming up and, and, and use your cash flow wisely to try and you know claim those deductions and help you from a business and a personal perspective. If you've got margin lending uh, or gearing loans and the, the lender will allow you to prepay the interest, I know you can from a margin lending perspective, um, think about doing that. Income protection, that's another one. If you've got an income protection policy that is going to renew or you've taken out new cover, think about paying it annually or asking your current provider for the the amount that's due between now and whenever your policy re-rates. So let's say you started your policy in December last year. You can go to your current provider and say, look, I could do with a little deduction. What would it? What, what have I got to pay between now and December? And can I pay that up front? And they'll generally let you do that as well. And then in July, you can claim all of that money that you've paid against your taxable income as opposed to paying it on a monthly basis. Um, manage your interest costs. Obviously, if you're going you're gonna to pay for things consider whether it's worth pushing them into the next financial year and also think about what your plans are in relation to your cash flow or your wages. If you're going to retire and you may only receive a portion of 12 months income because you plan on retiring in September, try and get all of your fixed expenses up in this financial year where you'll have a higher marginal tax rate and make the most of the, the value of the deduction. So just Think about the next six, 12 months, what you're going to do, what your cash flow may look like, and get your trusted advisor in to try and sort things out where they're not already fully booked. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I know. And that's I the know. big one. It's, it's, it's leaving it late. And yeah. Well, who is it that keeps telling me if you're early, you're never late? Someone, and, well, I, yeah. I had a great one from a client of mine who's in air conditioning, and he said, look, me ringing you today is like you ringing me in the middle of summer saying, can you slap a machine in my bedroom? <laughs> he goes, I appreciate what I'm doing to you today, so mm-hmm. I might just hold that one up and, yeah, Brendan, you could get a phone call in uh, in December and get a machine around my place. So, yep. Yeah. Well, why not? So where can <laughs> listeners get more information? Yeah, so 62604749. Um, give the office a ring. We've got envisionfinancial.com.au. We've got the website there. We've got the Knowledge Centre. You can subscribe to that for free, and there's a library of information in there. We've got the podcast, The Strategy Stacker, Luke Talks Money on, on iTunes and Spotify, and we've got the YouTube channel. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel, and you'll have every week's show notified when we upload it. You've got the video footage. You can pause it, stop it, watch it, skip it back, take some notes and you can do it all from the comfort of your your, your lounge chair on your iPhone. So it's it's all there for people. It's uh, always good and thanks very much for popping in once again. We'll Beautiful. see you next week for we'll our last show of the financial year. Yes, we will. That's so right, we'll talk we? about 30th of June for the last time this year. We'll find something <laughs> exciting next week. <laughs> uh, I'm sure we will.